Hi everyone and welcome to The Psalm Seed. This is a branch of the Women's Fellowship in Manchester called The Seed. We aim to uproot lies and plant the truth through conversation. We have a sister fellowship in London. You can find out more information about this on www.lovelimitless.com. Oh my goodness, guys. I just clocked. How is it the three of us again? Oh! Guys, no. <laughs> oh, this is going to be wild. It's all right. God, you are here in Jesus' name. Okay. Let's... <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Found Seed Podcast. I am Shelly and I'm so excited that you guys could join us today. But of course, I am not alone. I am joined by two amazing ladies. Ladies, introduce yourselves. You know who it is. It's your girl, Aramide. <laughs> yo, 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 what's up? So go hike in the building. Chicka, 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 chicka. Are we even 10 seconds in and we've already started with the <laughs> Guys, you know, whenever it is this this trio here, you know we are just going to have a lot of laughs. And who knows, maybe a lot of sideways <laughs> conversations. Um, because we tend to just go on a tangent, but we always make it back to where we started. Amen? Amen. 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 So today, guys, we're just going to be delving into like Christianity in terms of like our, you know, our calling to evangelize and reach out to the lost, because that was, you know, the great commission, you know, Jesus told us to go out and spread the gospel, you know, far and wide. But obviously, you know, that was 2000 years ago and the methods that we've been using has, you know, changed, evolved. And I really just want us to, you know, dig into how far is too far when it comes to reaching out to people, when it comes to seeking out the lost? Because if they're lost, then that means they're in the depths of darkness. So we sometimes have to go, you know, or skirt the edges of darkness to try and pull them out <laughs> to the light. But how far is too far? You know, how, how far do you go? And I know that the example that's always used when speaking about this is, you know, do you go to a club to evangelize? You no. know, is there a space for that? You know, is there a reason for that? Because there are actual ministries that, you know, they actually like set up um, places in clubs. Like they set up like a little corner and I actually know of this and they will actually just be there. And if someone sees and someone actually wants to reach out and speak to them, they have the opportunity and people have actually gotten saved through that. And it's amazing to hear, but that is like, you know, you know, a small branch of, you know, <laughs> Christians and churches that do that. And I don't think every one of us is called to do that because we will, it will, it will not probably end up right for us. But like, how far is too far? Like, that's an example. But how far in the darkness can Christians go and it still be acceptable and honoring to God for us to actually pull people out of the darkness? What do you guys think? I was trying to find the scripture in the Bible where Paul talked about how he would take on some characteristics of the people that he was trying to evangelize to. Um, I believe this is somewhere in the Bible. Um, 
So, for example, if, you know, the people there didn't eat meat, then he wouldn't eat meat um, so that he could further understand them. I'm, I'm really trying to find where that scripture is um, so that he could further understand them and so that he could relate to them better. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, but even taking away the context of evangelism, I think oftentimes Christians themselves want to ask, how close can I get to sin mm. without sinning? And I don't want to say that everyone is using that as an excuse to revel in iniquity. Um, but I think, I, I don't think we're meant to emulate the darkness. I think we're meant to be distinct from it. Mm-hmm. So even if we go into certain situations to try and evangelize to people, um, we must do so with wisdom. Um, it's really really important that we do it with wisdom and we ask God and we know specifically God has made it has equipped us to be able to go into certain settings to then to then evangelize to people Mm -hmm. um but I I think whatever form of evangelism we do we cannot evangelize correctly if we're sitting whilst we're evangelizing because the people that we're evangelizing to they're going to get the wrong image of Christ and we're going to be and we would have had we would have compromised ourselves basically yeah. in sharing our faith and we would have ultimately spoiled our witness. Um so that's just a lot of thoughts that I have, but I'm a bit weary of like how far do I need to go? Because for example, if let's say I was going to evangelize to drug dealers, I'm not gonna say let me become one of your drug peddlers or your drug meal, um, so that I can show you the way of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um but each person each to their own, but yeah. Um, uh, yeah, let me pause yeah, for a I second. Definitely Faith. Where you're yeah, definitely um, Faith, what do you think? Hmm. Um, I I know what you're referring to, I mean, Dave, there's, there's, I think there's a part where, where Paul kind of says that he doesn't become like them, but he does things that, that, that is familiar to these people mm-hmm. in order to reach out to them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but those things like that are familiar to you can be oh am I I don't know uh, I might eat um oh we're just talking about, about Spain and how in Spain they eat a lot of bread and they eat a lot of pot or I might eat bread with you guys right because that's familiar to you that's how you guys um do community you eat a lot of bread you sit around and you talk you sit around the table and you talk those things are acceptable and understandable because you're not participating in sin. You're just participating in what's familiar to that culture. Mm-hmm. Just like Nigerians, if you were to go to a Nigerian wedding, even if you're not Nigerian, you might wear the the actual B, you might wear the the gilly because oh, this is what's familiar to the Nigerian culture. So I'm going to show respect to your culture by wearing the gilly and the the actual B because that's what you guys wear in your culture, right? Um. Well, in the same breath, there's a there's in Galatians two we read where where Paul rebukes Peter for not um for not sitting with the Gentiles and not eating with them mm-hmm. um because I think it was because they were uncircumcised um yeah. and Paul Paul rebukes rebukes Peter right and he says um. And the reason why Peter did it, he, initially he was sitting with them. And then when Paul and the rest of the man them came, Peter was like, oh, I can't be seen sat with these yeah. uncircumcised people. Um, so I'm going to like pretend and, you know, take myself away. That 
that's that, that was a sin because Paul was judging these people based on something that God hadn't deemed to be unacceptable, right? That was the old covenant. So he was holding them accountable to the old covenant, which God didn't hold anybody accountable to anymore. The call was to believe in Jesus Christ. And as you believe in Jesus Christ, you come um, and you're saved into into glory, right? Um, so I, in terms of how far is too far, you're not going to the club and convincing me that you're there to evangelize. And when I say to the club, I mean inside. Because I know some people, they will stand outside and they will talk to the people that are coming in or going out. I can understand that. But for you to be saying you're inside the club because you want to evangelize the people, I personally, like, for me, that doesn't sit right with me. But people will always say, but Jesus sat with sinners. Jesus went to Zacchaeus' house. He was a tax collector and he was a sinner. Firstly, you are not Jesus. <laughs> Let's talk about that. You're and the club Christ isn't someone's house. Exactly, and the club isn't someone's house, right? The club that and Jesus wasn't um, sitting with sinners isn't the same as participating in sin. Mm-hmm. You sit with sinners every day at work because you have to work, right? Mm-hmm. Like that isn't because you're sat next to a person that doesn't believe your colleague doesn't believe in Jesus Christ doesn't mean that now you're participating in unholy acts. No, God has just placed you in a place where you can preach the gospel to these people and share that with them. Mm-hmm. But I think people want to start pushing the bar and start saying, oh, I'm going to I'm gonna um, sin. I want to get as close as possible because I want to be like them so that they can know that, oh, that it's okay to be who they are and be in Christ. It doesn't make sense because God hasn't called us to be who we are. God has called us out of who we are into who he is, right? Come on. And you need to show them who Jesus is. You're not trying to show Je- them who they are so they can be like Jesus. That doesn't make sense. You need to show them who Jesus is so they can be like Jesus, right? So they can know that there's something different to who I am. Mm-hmm. That there's someone different to who I am. So this whole idea of, oh, I'm trying to give people something they can relate to. People don't want things they can relate to. They have their friends for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't get it. Like They have their <laughs> friends to relate to. They need something different. They want something new. They want something fresh. Why would I come to Jesus Christ if he was just like me? It doesn't make sense. So even when Jesus was sat with sinners, Jesus was sat with sinners. Jesus wasn't a sinner. He didn't become like them to be relatable to them. He went to them to give them something different. Zacchaeus saw Jesus. He climbed a tree. He said, this man is different. I must see him. Jesus said, I will spend the night at your house. Come down, I will spend the night at your house. And Zacchaeus was transformed by Jesus. Jesus wasn't transformed by Zacchaeus. So I think this whole concept of becoming like people, um, I don't know, it just it doesn't sit well with me. I don't yeah. I don't know. Like yeah, it. I can definitely understand where you're coming from. I think people are I think yeah, I think with this, sometimes we try to I guess it's so funny, but you know, I think a lot of people try to stretch the gospel as if like the gospel has anywhere to go. They're kind of just like sometimes we look at the gospel as being limited, so we have to like add like add on to it, you know. Let me add something to spice it up so that the world can see that it has, you know, it has a bit of flavor, some extra flavor, and then like and then they'll be, you know, then they'll be attracted to it, then they'll want to actually consume it, and then I'm just like. 
the gospel can be added to. The gospel is perfect. The gospel is literally enough. It's, it, it goes beyond sufficient. It's more than we can ever need. But I think there is that, there is that like part of us because we're kind of used to having needed to add to things to kind of make it, you know, sufficient. We come to the gospel thinking that we need to do the same thing. We need to add some flavor to it. We need to like do some more, like even with like our, our, you know, our ministries or being at church, you're just like, you know, what can I do? What can I add to um, the service? You know, what can I add to sermons? What can I add to worship to like reach out to people out there? And, you know, we see it in like, um, yeah, we do see it in our services where we kind of like change the style of music we play. You know, I remember, um, when we were crossing over from the 90s to the 2000s, obviously I wasn't really like, you know, an adult. I was a kid, but I still know the, you know, what what went on. Like when Kirk first started creating his music and when he first changed the style of like gospel music and introduced it, well, not introduced, but like he kind of added a new, you know, a new scene with um with more gospel rap, with more gospel hip hop. You know, people were just like, you're adding on um he obviously um he's just like this is a way to kind of you know get younger people to see that you know there is um other ways that we can enjoy music we don't just have to stick with like just regular slow but I think people see the gospel we need to do the same thing with the gospel that we did with music you know using different beats or using different I don't know, ways of teaching it or putting it in different places so that people can see that it's, you know, it's, it's all that in a bag of chips. But unlike music, which is just like literally a form of expression, so it can always be adapted and changed, the gospel is the gospel. It's yeah there. Like it was given to and, us by God. It's perfect. Yeah. And I know, Aramda, you want to say something, but I just want to quickly say something on Chelly's point. I think a problem is when we try to become like them rather than just being who we are right like god has given us the the creative ability to the, the ability to be creative because god himself is a creator why not just utilize your ability to be creative as a as a creative being as a creative christian rather than oh how can i be creative like them how can i create what they create so that i can relate to them like you don't need to create what they create you need to create what god has called you to create like He's not calling you to create what they're creating. He's calling you to create what he has put in you to create, right? Because he has given you that gift and that creative ability to do so. But we think about, oh, like, I need to make Christian hip-hop the way J. Cole makes Christian hip-hop so I can reach those people. No. Do it how you want to do it. Oh, I need to preach like this person talks. No. Preach how God has called you to preach. Like, he has made you an individual, right? Mm -hmm. And by his spirit, he will lead you into how you should create. But this whole concept of doing things how other people do it so that you can reach them doesn't make sense to me because what if that's not how God wants you to do it? Uh, but yeah, go on around the day, what do you want to say? Uh, I just found, no, it was the scripture that we're talking about that I found um, from Paul. So it's First Corinthians 9, verse 19 to 22, and it says, Even though I am a free man with no master, I have become a slave to all to all people, to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I am not subject to the law, I did so. I did this so I could bring to Christ those who are under the law, 
When I was with the Gentiles who do not follow the Jewish law, I too lived apart from the law so I could bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God. I obey the law of Christ. For I am with those who are weak, I share their weakness. For I for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, I want to try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. And I think in 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 all that Paul did, he still followed the law of of Christ. He didn't compromise on that. Um, and I think oftentimes when people try to find quote unquote new and diverse ways to present the gospel, you really have to check: is it from a place of pride? Because so many people want someone to be something to be associated with them, right? Or I was the one. No one was doing it the way I was, right? I was the mm-hmm. first one. He started going to clubs to do evangelism. I was the first one to started making Christian drill music, for example. I they just want a legacy and they want their name to be attached to that. Um, that's the impression I get anyway. And you really have to ask, are you doing this for your own satisfaction, for your own accolades, or are you doing this for Jesus? Um, and also if each person is called to different areas, there could genuinely be someone that's called to speak to those who are standing in nightclubs or speak to those who are um sex workers, for example. Um or speak to those who are in prisons or speak to those who are in hospitals. Like everyone has their own, God might put a particular burden in your heart where you might feel a particular passion for a certain group of people and want to evangelize to them. Um, but if let's say God says, you know, you, you should evangelize to those who are, you know, going a night out and getting drunk, you have to use wisdom. You absolutely have to use wisdom. Do you need to be inside the club with them? Like Faith said, you could be on the outside. You could speak to them where they can actually hear you, where they might be more likely to engage to engage with you. And um, in Galatians 6, it talks about how, like, um, in Galatians 6, verse 1, it says, you know, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome with some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. But this is the part I want us to focus on and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Um, because oftentimes when we think we need to go right up to the edge of sin um, to save someone, we sometimes would overestimate our power to our power to be able to abstain from that same sin. Um, because sin wants to have power and dominion over all men. Um, and you don't want to be in a situation where you're telling others to go to Christ and then you end up getting fallen, getting caught up in the same trap. Um, as them, if let's say you're, you know, got you have a burden for people who are drug addicts, for example, you don't want to now say, Oh, let me take some drugs so that I can relate to you. That's just foolishness. That's not from God, that's from your own pride, from your own human selfishness. And, and greed as well to want to partake in that so but you're doing it in the, in the name of god um and god forbid you now become an addict as well and, and and then what um oh god made me do it that's not the case at all so i think everything we do especially when it comes to evangelism or sharing our faith and feeling like we need to go right up to the edge of sin we have to temper all of that with wisdom with godly wisdom um and also we shouldn't do any of this in isolation um, if let's say you have a particular burden towards a particular high risk group of people, when I say high risk, I mean like the potential for you to fall into sin is great. Your church involved. How about that? If you guys want to do a mass evangelism in the evening, then do a mass evangelism in the evening. Um, 
speak to your leaders about it, get some words of wisdom about it, speak to some elders about it, right? People who have more knowledge than you do um, because you don't want to be a lone wolf who's like, oh, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to break the law so I can save lawbreakers. That's unwise. Um, But if, let's say, for example, you're even reluctant to get other people involved, that might then tell you that maybe this comes from a place of pride. If you're making... um, let's just let's say gray music music that's meant to be godly but isn't godly um maybe have other people listen to it christians bonafide christians listen to it before you release that um and that's going to let you know whether or not to whether or not your heart is in the right place but that's just my two cents yeah involve other people not people who are like you like people who are more mature and can actually give you honest feedback before you take it upon any of these actions and if you're reluctant to then that already tells you that's there again the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked mm. who can know it let me tell you something when it says who can know it even you yourself you don't know your heart let's be honest like the, um, the the ability to convince yourself that the wrong thing is right is real it is real like you don't even need to spend lots of time in that place even in in the in, in your thoughts to, to get to the conclusion that, yep, I can do this. It's right. Yep, yep. I'm doing it for the Lord. Yep. I'm trying mm-hmm. to evangelize and reach out to people. Your heart is is wicked, bro. Like, it is wicked. It is wicked. And before we try to um bring people to Christ, we need to bring ourselves to Christ. We need to bring ourselves to surrender. We need yeah. to bring our desires to surrender and, and lay them down at the altar and say, Lord, this is who I am. You already know, but he needs us to know, right? Yeah. In order for me to know, like, what 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 basis do I need to be in? What environments do I need to be in? I need to I need to go to God for Him to reveal these things to me about myself, right? So I think it's so easy to try and convince ourselves that we're doing things for God. Sometimes you're just really doing it for yourself, and be honest with yourself, and um, yeah, search search your desires and search why. What's the importance? And is it really that um, impactful? Me, me doing this very thing right now, is it really that impactful? Because I, above all, right, yes, the, the mandate is to go to every corner of the earth and preach the gospel. Yes, that is the mandate. That is what God has commissioned us to do. But what he doesn't need is to be losing a child as that's happening. He doesn't need you to so be preaching the gospel, and then at the same time, your heart is being taken and pulled away from him. It doesn't make sense to bring people to Christ for you to lose your own salvation. That doesn't make sense, right? So you need to also check yourself, check your heart in the process. As you're trying to point people to Christ, are you pointing yourself to Christ? Because if you're not pointing yourself to Christ, abort mission, go and point yourself to Christ first, right? Mm. Before you resume. So I think that's another thing in, in checking is this too far because sometimes asking that question is not enough because you've convinced yourself that oh it's not too far 
we can easily convince ourselves it's not too far. So another question we need to ask ourselves is, am I in Christ? Am I actually walking with him right now? Before I go and do this thing, what is, what is my desire? What is my motive? What is actually pushing me to do this thing? Like, really search yourself deeply. You know, when you were talking, it reminded me of a story of a, um, a missionary um, who went to, is it the, um, what island is it called? The, um, the North Sentinel Island? Um, to evangelize to the indigenous people there. Oh, um, and I remember the story because they killed him. Um, he This island is remote. It's indigenous people. They absolutely are isolated from all of society. Um, and even the government leave them alone. Um, and also because they've always stayed in a remote island for God knows how many years, it's like if let's say they catch any diseases that we might have, it could completely wipe out the entire island. Um, and it's not just in the case of like, oh, don't go near them. It's number one, by going near them, you could actually endanger these groups of people that they could live because they do not have the same immune system that we we have. Mm-hmm. And there was a, so they, this is something that's widely known in, in, in this region. And a Christian decided that he took upon himself to travel to the island um, to evangelize to them. Bear in mind, he doesn't speak their language. Um, and he illegally, as in it's against the law to go there. But he was like, oh, I must do this for Christ. And he broke the law. He he lied to the fishermen that were taking him there to say he was there for, he was going to that region for a different purpose. And yet he still went. He went there the first time. The people chased him away, right? Um, they chased him away. And you think, okay, number one, you're here illegally. You could, de- you, you could actually endanger and kill these people by your presence being there. Um, and and the and the, the the tactic that you're using clearly doesn't work, right? After that, he went again, and they dragged him into the island, and he died, and they could never recover his body. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't go to remote places to try and share the gospel, but if it involves us doing something illegal if it involves us lying to get our way, if it involves us completely ignoring the consequences of our actions, I'm sorry, but you cannot tell me that that's a God-given thing for us to do. And I think oftentimes people want to be like those of old who, the first ones who started to spread the gospel around the world. We We don't have to start from the beginning. We can lay upon the work that they've already done. But I just remember that tragic story because, you know, he says it was doing in the name of God. But I think many might argue that he was doing it in the name of pride, mm-hmm. in the name of wanting to be the first person to be able to go into that island and share the gospel, not ignoring the fact that not only could this endanger his life, but he could also kill an entire island full of people. Um, 100%. Because there have been other stories of other people who have gone to secluded indigenous um islands and they have been there has been like i think i only know of one to be honest but who knows if there are more um there was one success story of you know that person going and actually like bringing the message but that person had backing that person took time to study and knew their culture knew a bit of their language um they're like as you said they're even when we're when we're doing the um you know trying to um spread the message there's always a place 
for wisdom, you know? And so I think sometimes very much we put ourselves in the place of, you know, I want to, you know, make sure that I can do this. And so people know me for the person who did that. And pride really is a big, like, factor in like where evangelism can go wrong or where it has gone wrong in you know experiences past so it's definitely something that we have to be wary of I think definitely pride can play such a a big part in our motive um I do think with, with that story some some will argue and say he died for the gospel which is fair um I don't think he got to spread the gospel Oh, and also, I don't think he understood well, how to even communicate with the people either because they're a remote island. So, how would you share it? But maybe I'm so more skeptical. But yeah, but that, but that's what I was gonna say, right? Because I'm thinking about Paul in the Bible and the amount of times we read that he has been imprisoned and even John the Baptist being killed and all of these people, like even Stephen, was it being stoned? Mm-hmm. Like people dying, right? But, but even in those in that context and even with what you just read from first Corinthians, the um paul was able to he knew these people he actually studied these people he actually knew what what they were like how to communicate with them what they cared about what they don't care about right so i think i don't know about that man i don't know like his motive or his intention but definitely the the for us to understand our motive for it to not be pride, but also as we are going to these places, wherever it is that we want to go to, to actually know the people that we're going to go and reach. What point is it for me to go to Pakistan if I don't know anything about their culture, if I don't know anything about what they believe, if I don't know anything about what they value, like how am I supposed to connect with them? And again, um, you're going into these spaces where it's not, you're you're not going there to sin. It's not like, uh, I don't know, uh, a sex club, right? You're not going into a sex club because you're trying to reach people that that are into sex. You're going into to a different culture, a different country, a different um, in a different environment, environment where people have different religious beliefs. These are the places that we are called to go to, right? But I think oftentimes we sit in that comfortable home and then we talk about, oh yeah, I'm gonna go into the club to evangelize, or I'm gonna go to this party to go and reach out to people. Like, you're going to into spaces you're going to enjoy. You're not going to spaces you're going to be persecuted. So, like, what like what, what cost or what price are you really paying? You're not paying the price. But when Paul was going into different spaces, he was paying the price, right? Like, this man was putting his life in danger, just like the story that Ramadan just told us. Putting his life in danger, getting arrested left, right, and center, mm-hmm. getting beaten. Some of them were be, being stoned to death. Some of them were being beheaded. Like, this is, like, where... These are the places we're called to go, right? It isn't the club where you can be bobbing your head as you're handing out a leaflet. Like, <laughs> like you get, like, if you want to go, stand outside and hand out your leaflet outside. But I don't know why you need to be inside. Why do you need to be inside the club? You honestly, can't even honestly, hear you. Like, like you're, you're telling on people. yourself. <laughs> you're telling on yourself. You can't see the people. They can't hear you. Imagine someone's trying to shout inside your ear. Like, I can't lie. I'd be I'd be so upset if I'd paid to sin in a club and someone was trying to drag me to a corner to tell me about Jesus. Like, they can't hear you. You're most likely going to get a hostile reaction out of them. And I actually remembered reading something about how, like, towards the end of clubs, they tend to play, like, gospel music. 
because it lowers like it's what's it called um people are less likely to commit crimes afterwards um and like get into fights afterwards i was like i need to see research into oh, this wow. yeah hallelujah uh in the clubs but yeah you don't have to be in there and 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 i think i think you can start with the people around you yeah. you can start with your neighbors because if you have the boldness the boldness to go into a club and speak to people or the boldness to travel and bribe people to travel to islands illegally to, to share the gospel and to go into sex clubs or drug dens to share the gospel. You can share the gospel. With, first of all, start maybe start with your colleagues. Mm-hmm. Maybe start with your yeah. neighbours. Maybe start Come with on. people on the streets. Um, you maybe bro you don't need to travel um, because those are actually harder to win over and you often find that evangelism and sharing the gospel isn't is more than just having a conversation with someone oftentimes it actually requires you to do life with them it could be a month long month long process years long process of continuously sharing your faith because people don't just listen to what you say they want to see that come to life in your life right they want to see that you're also following the same gospel that you claim to profess and that is far harder to do that is far harder to to to, to show the good days the bad days the days where you trust in god and there's you're struggling to trust in god that is harder to do than a one time go to a club or go to a setting share the gospel the people don't even know you and then you go back home and you and i'm not saying those aren't good but i'm saying that if you feel like you have a big heart for evangelism um, and, and you want to go to certain corners of the world to evangelize, you have to start at home. I love that. Yeah, 100%. I love that. And there was and something think... else I wanted to say. Oh, got into. No, go ahead. No, I don't remember. So you go. <laughs> I know, I keep forgetting what I want to say. No, it's all right. No, I was just going to, I was just going to um say that, yeah, with everything that you guys have said, I think everyone can... Um, really take those notes and start applying them, you know, to their daily lives now. You know, I think we always try to do things on a big scale, but what is what's going on in the small scale? If everyone's trying to reach out and go abroad, like who's working locally? Yeah. What I was going to say is also like, just to give a different type of example, right? It's not just going to the club or, I don't know, to the sex clubs or whatever, or not islands. But I think sometimes also... Um, ah, oh, it's left my brain. <laughs> What's going on? What was I going to say? Is there some? Oh, like even the the things that we participate in, like I think, um, Shelley, you used an example earlier on, actually, with in terms of Mike Mike Todd and his church, and I've not watched the sermon, the the Easter service sermon, but I think even even um in terms of acting, I oftentimes think, okay. If I was an actress or if my husband was an actress and I had to kiss someone, right? Like, is that, is that like, like, would I do that as a Christian? Do you get, mm-hmm. like, would I do as a Christian? Like, like and it's, let's say it's a Christian film, that around the stuff. <laughs> it's a Christian film and we're trying to portray people being um, fornicating. We're trying to portray people fornicating. How would you portray that as a Christian company mm-hmm. As a Christian actress, actor, how would you portray that? Would you actually participate in the act? Because you're trying to put, put, um, show people fornicating and then the whole story is about they used to fornicate 
and then they came to Christ and it's all great and dandy. Like you most likely wouldn't be participating in you wouldn't do that, right? You wouldn't start. So they can someone. take a tip from the old school um Nollywood movies because all you saw was a camera pran to some feet in bed yeah. sheets and that was it. Yeah. And Bollywood, also, can I like, add Bolly- Bollywood as well? They don't they don't do all that kissy kissy. They don't stuff. do that. Like they exactly. actually don't at all. Like but you can still get the story across, right? Like I don't need to participate in the act. I don't need to do the thing for you to see that I'm doing the thing, but then I've changed and now you don't need to do the thing anymore. Like I don't need to do it for you to see that you don't have to do it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I absolutely agree with everything you said. And no film can I just say another thing is yeah, I need I need this is going off on a tangent, but even like in terms of the content that we watch as Christians, no film has been made better by you being like it's not you being able to see the act has never made the plot better. Like it's it's, it's, yeah. It's it's not like oh, because oftentimes we that's like that's what the entire plot is around. And it's like you being able to see it doesn't make the actual plot of the movie better. But that's just another thing I wanted yeah. to add. But just to even make it more relatable for our personal life, there's nothing wrong with, like, drinking alcohol or anything like that, right? But you do not need to start doing that to show people that it's not wrong. If mm-hmm. you are a person that doesn't do it, it's fine, right? But Because I know I've been in situations where I felt compelled or I need to over-explain that I don't drink because I just don't like it. Right, mm-hmm. I don't like. I've always felt the pressure to be like, oh, it's because I don't like it, because I don't want anybody to think that. Oh, it's because I'm a Christian. Now I'm judging them. Oh, like she's a judging person. Like I don't, I shouldn't feel the need to over-explain why I don't drink. I just don't do it, right? And I don't need to do it to show you that it's okay for Christians to do it. Like if you want to do it, you're a Christian, great. Do it in moderation. That's what the Bible tells us, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't want to do it and you're a Christian, great. Like. The people that are not Christians and don't drink, they don't have to over-explain because they don't want to come across as judgmental, right? They just don't drink, and that's okay. Like, so I don't need to feel the need to drink alcohol to relate to you and say, yeah, like I'm gonna drink so you can see that I'm like you and you can come to Christ. I'm, 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 I, I can do the things that you do, but still be cool enough to come to Christ. Like, yeah. I don't need to do that. And on that note, I think I think we can close on that note. I think we have like delved into it a lot. Um and yeah, I think from now um people should definitely like take into um consideration um why they're doing the things that they're doing, especially when it comes to evangelize, you know, why are you seeking out to go to the, you know, the edges of darkness? Um, does it actually honor God? Are you applying wisdom? Is this what God actually called you to do? Um, so many um, factors to actually take into consideration. But with all that we're doing, we should do it as unto God. We should honor God. But also, you know, we should know that we are being obedient to God and that God has called us to um where and you know when and what we're doing um but yeah i really hope that as people are going out and spreading the word to the gospel that you know they're really doing it for god and not just for themselves um but yeah i am i am hopeful that you know we will really just take pride out of the picture when it comes to evangelism and spreading the gospel um and that anytime pride is in there that you know we thank god for holy spirit because he will convict us 
um, and that we will do better as time goes on. But yeah, I really, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I hope that people um, take from what we've said um, and really just review and if need be change the way that they're going out into the world um, when they are spreading the gospel. But that is us for now. Um, yeah, and I'm happy that all of you guys have joined us. Let us know what you guys think. What are your thoughts on the topic? Um, anything else that you would like to discuss? Um, but until next time, see you guys soon. Or hear you guys soon. Bye. So this has been The Sound Seed. Thank you so much for listening. And remember to keep pursuing truth through conversation and community. See you on the next episode.